welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 15th of June 2014, entitled Christian Sacrifice. And the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 19, verses 16 to 18 and 28 to 30. Here's Brother Gareth Green. Good evening everyone. Pleasure to see you all here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you. Um, yeah, this evening uh, I'm going to be uh, preaching, or well, I'm not going to be preaching verse by verse, I'm going to be uh, talking about a topic. Um, um, the title of tonight's message is Christian Sacrifice. Uh, let's turn to John, chapter 19. John chapter 19, uh, and we're going to be kind of jumping between two sections in John chapter 19, uh, verse 16b. Uh, down to 18, and verse 28 to 30. So I invite you to stand to uh, honour God's word. Starting in John chapter 19, verse 16b. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha where they crucified him and two others with him, on either side one, and Jesus in the midst. And then over to verse 28. And then Jesus, knowing that all things were now, were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled the sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let's pray. Uh, Holy Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that um, your word uh, has spoken to our lives in so many ways in the past, Lord. And uh, we just pray now that you'd uh, do the same. We pray that you'd speak into our hearts. We pray that you'd uh, make us more like uh, your son, Jesus, um, through uh, uh, through our time here today, Lord. Um, I pray that uh, the words I speak today would be your words, Lord. Uh, I know that uh, I have no power to, to change anyone or to bring any change upon myself either, Lord. It's only through uh, through your Holy Spirit, Lord. And we just pray that you would, you would do a work in each of our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, this may be a familiar passage to many of you, uh, the crucifixion of Jesus. Um, even if you haven't read this passage directly recently, uh, then you would have read something that has something to do with this. If we open anywhere in our Bibles, whatever we read has some attachment to the crucifixion of Christ. Um, it is prophesied in the Old Testament, and the effects of it are experienced and explained in the New Testament. Uh, the whole Bible, the whole of history and creation, uh, is hinged on this one event, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This was the purpose and the climax of Christ's life. Uh, everything that Jesus did in his life was to bring him to this event, this goal. There wasn't a breath that Jesus took uh, before this event that was not used in some way to bring about this purpose. So what is the point of your life? What is the goal of your day today? 
What about the next year of your life? I'm going to read to you an excerpt from a newspaper that I found on the train a few weeks ago. You may have read it. It's about a 42-year-old man called Winter. The headline is, Caffeine, I'll be coffinated before I reach Starbucks goal. When Winter set himself the challenge of visiting every Starbucks in the world, it looked to be an achievable ambition, albeit an utterly pointless one. But after spending more than £100,000 on travelling the globe in pursuit of his goal, the computer programmer has now admitted defeat. He began his mission in 1997. Uh, he has so far drunk caffeinated coffee in 11,676 outlets, once guzzling 29 cups in a single day. The bachelor once learned that bosses were to shut 40 US outlets and went on a 40,000 kilometer or a 25,000 mile trip to try to visit them all before it was too late. Pointless though it may be, a goal is a goal, he said. Some of you might agree, what a pointless goal. Why waste all your money in Starbucks? Costa is way better. <laughs> Winter's goal did have some point, however. It brought him temporary happiness. He liked coffee, so his goal was to satisfy his cravings for coffee and satisfy his pride to be able to say he had visited every Starbucks store in the world. His goals were pointless, however, in the sense that they have no eternal worth. As we look at someone who has sacrificed so much for something so pointless, how much more then should we be willing to sacrifice? We are people who have goals of eternal importance maternal worth. Before we go any further, I want you to think about an important question. Are the sacrifices of your life in line with the goals of your life? Are the sacrifices of your life in line with the goals of your life? Uh, we've just read about the crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, the previous chapter tells us about how Jesus was betrayed uh, by one of his disciples and given over to the authorities. His trial then follows, in which he is pronounced innocent. Pilate said in John chapter 18, verse 38, I find no fault, uh, sorry, I find in him no fault at all. And again in John chapter 19, verse 4, I find no fault in him. But despite this, the Jews still sought to crucify him. As we read about the crucifixion of Christ, it's important to remember three verses from earlier in John. John chapter 18 and verse number 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? So Jesus, knowing all things, he knows what's going on, he goes straight up to them and confronts them. Uh, also, uh, John chapter 18, verse 11. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy, thy sword into the sheath, 
the cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? So Jesus here is stopping Peter from uh, defending him, stopping Peter from, um, or Peter can see what's about to happen, and he's stopping him from changing what's about to happen. And also John chapter 19, verse 11. Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath a greater sin. All these verses show us that the events that are unfolding are not only permitted by God, but they are planned by God. I believe that as we read through this passage, John wants us to keep in mind the foreknowledge uh, and willingness of Jesus to endure such persecution. Jesus knows what the consequences of his actions will be, yet he is willing, he willingly chose to continue. So Jesus knew he was about to be falsely accused, yet he does not prepare any legal defense or collect truthful witnesses. Jesus knew he was about to come into overwhelming agony, yet he was willing to sacrifice his comfort. Jesus knew he was about to come into degrading mockery, yet he was willing to sacrifice his reputation. Jesus knew that he was about to be killed, yet he was willing to allow the people that he created put him to death. So why did Jesus choose to go through all of this suffering? He knew they were coming when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He could have fled there and then, but why didn't he? Why did he walk straight into them? When we know the goal of someone's actions, it's a lot easier to understand and explain those actions. The actions of a coffee connoisseur winter are easier to understand when we know his goal. It's a bit easier to understand his some 25,000 mile trip when we understand that this is the last chance he has to visit these Starbucks stores. And so it is with Jesus. When we know that the goal of Jesus's life was to be a sacrifice for our sins and to fulfill the scriptures, it's easier to understand why he let himself be arrested and crucified. This is a rationality that is present throughout the Bible. It's easier to understand why God allowed Joseph to be sold into slavery when we understand that God wanted to use him in Egypt to store up food in order to save the lives of a nation. You may be facing something in your own life now that you just don't understand. Perhaps a trial that has been testing your faith and you just can't seem to comprehend why God doesn't send angels to airlift you out to safety. You just can't fathom why God would decide to put you in this situation, uh, perhaps to the extent where you're questioning whether God is in control of the situation or not. If you are a child of God, then take heart. God does not punish us. He prunes us. He corrects us like a loving father. He's not seeking to cause you as much pain as possible, but in his plans to bring you the ultimate joy of an eternity with him, 
there may be great pain. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, and verse number 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So let's look at Christ's sacrifice. We often hear people mention Jesus' sacrifice, uh, Jesus' sacrifice when explaining the gospel. The words sacrificial death come out of our mouths. But what does it mean? How much did Christ give up? What did Jesus really sacrifice? The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to 17, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, or principalities, or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So if Jesus made everything, and everything belongs to Jesus, then he could not have given up any of his possessions or money, because everything still belongs to him. The Bible also tells us that Jesus is alive now, even though Jesus' death was very real and he did die, he is now alive, seated at the right hand of the Father. He knew he would come back to life again. The Bible tells us in John chapter 10, verse 17 to 18. John chapter 10, verse 17 to 18. Therefore, doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. So what did Jesus really sacrifice? To understand Jesus' sacrifice, we need to understand more about who Jesus is. So before the cross... Jesus was in authority above all. Yet, he endured temptation, interrogation, mockery. He showed immeasurable patience. Jesus is worthy of praise and honor beyond measure. Yet, he hung between two thieves and was spat upon by his creation. Jesus is completely innocent and he lived a perfect life. Yet, he died a criminal's death. Jesus is eternally in unity and fellowship with God. But on the cross, God the Father could not look on him. Jesus is righteous and sinless. Yet, he became sin. Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus... Our Saviour, the eternal and merciful God himself, became a curse for us. Jesus sacrificed more than we could possibly imagine. When we look at Christ's life, we can see that his sacrifices are reflective of the goals of his life. The goal of Christ's life was to make a way for us to have fellowship with him. Our sins separated us from him 
But now, if you're a child of God, salvation has been given to you by no merit of your own through faith. The debt of sin has been paid for all those who will repent and believe on Christ. Does Christ's sacrifice have any other implications on our lives other than salvation? How else does this apply to our lives? Well, Christ asks us to sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Not persecutions might come, but shall come. Let's read Matthew. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 29. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit eternal life. The Christian life is a life of sacrifice. This is what Jesus invites us to, to be like Christ, an imitator of Christ. This is the example that Jesus has set for us. The invitation that Christ is giving us is not an invitation to sit in a pew for a couple hours a week or click like on the occasional scripture verse on Facebook. So what is Christ calling us to? Let's read John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse 25 to 27. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servants be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. So does your life have a focus or a goal that you are pressing towards? Is everything in your life affected by this goal? As our coffee addict Winter has confessed himself, his goals were pointless. Yet look how much he sacrificed, a hundred thousand pounds and countless hours how much more should we be willing to sacrifice? We who have a meaningful purpose, a heavenly calling. Do your sacrifices reflect that of winter or that of Christ? If people looked at your life, would they find sacrifices being made for the cause of Christ? Or would they find sacrifices being made for some other God? A sports team, a food or beverage, a video game console, sex, a career, money or fame or drugs, pleasure, films, celebrities, friends or desires. A practical way that this works out in my life from day to day is, for example, with, uh, with films. Um, there's a film that has just come out that I really want to watch. Uh, it's called The Edge of Tomorrow. 
the storyline is that the main character goes back in time to relive the same day of a great battle over and over again. Um, and each day he does things a little differently and gets a bit closer towards his goal. This film's storyline has some big similarities to an adventure video game I used to play as a child. Um, I spent hours on it. Uh, the suits of armor that they wear in the film look a lot like models that my brother and I used to paint when we were younger. Uh, the film has a wide range of high, high star ratings um, from a variety of places. This is the sort of film that I would love to watch, but I'm trying my hard not to watch it. Why? I read a Christian film review that rated the film as offensive. That's a bit extreme, you might say. After all, it's just a film. Well, the Bible tells us in... Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Another example is uh, Ruth and I went to a conference yesterday um, and like all Christian conferences, there was plenty of time between the sessions for networking opportunities. Um, as my wife will tell you, nothing, nothing will rob me of energy more than a social gathering with strangers. <laughs> so during the morning coffee break, uh, when everyone was mixing, I saw a ping pong table um, in the other room with paddles and balls lying on the side, ready to be played. Um, I haven't played ping pong in a, in a long while. Uh, so I made a plan that during the lunch break, uh, I would go and play a game. Uh, then we got to the lunch break uh, and I was ready to slip away from the crowd and ask Ruth to join me for a game. Um, but then I thought, what does God want us to do with this time? There are Christians all around me that are currently working in the ministry, mature believers that have wisdom and experience. I felt that God wanted me to endure those conditions in order for me to be blessed by the lives and stories of others. I'm sharing these things with you not to say that I've mastered this discipline, but that I am still tempted to put my desires and plans first. Every day is a fresh battle to live for God, and I would value your prayers in this daily battle. These examples are both quite small in the grand scheme of life. But when you're in a habit of sacrificing the small things, it makes it easier to sacrifice the big things. As we've been thinking about in our missions conference recently, there are people out there who have never heard the gospel and God can use you to reach them. He wants you to share in the joy of seeing people saved. He wants to use you, but that will involve sacrifice. Whatever Christ is asking you to sacrifice for the sake of the gospel and the glory of God, if you're finding it hard to battle these things away from the flesh, then meditate on the sacrifices of Christ you in order to motivate your sacrifices for him.
If you get nothing else out of this message, then spend the week meditating on Christ's sacrifice for you. Um, if you're not a believer here today, which I think we all are, um, I invite you to count the cost of becoming a Christian. You are not being invited to be busy every Sunday. You're being invited to a life of purpose, meaning, fulfillment, assurance, sacrifice, and joy. You are not invited to follow the rules of a religion, but into a relationship with Christ. There are sacrifices to make in the Christian life. But Paul says in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. It's not worth comparing what we will lose in this life because the blessings of being with God for eternity are beyond comparison. So, do the sacrifices of your life reflect that of Christ? Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you for uh, the great sacrifice that you, that you paid for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you chose to go through that, Lord. You chose to be um, uh, beaten and spat upon by your creation. You chose to permit those things to occur, Lord. You chose to become sin for us. You chose to be uh, become a curse for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for going through all of that in order that we might have salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you, you've gone through that for us, even when we were at our worst, Lord. Thank you that you you loved us first. And thank you, Lord, that uh, we can now share that love to others. I pray, Lord, that you didn't just empower us to, uh, to go out there and, uh, and, and tell others of you. Help us, Lord, to... Um, uh, place whatever it is that you're asking us to sacrifice for the sake of our relationship with you, for the sake of the glory of your name, for the sake of the furthering of the gospel. I pray that you'd help us to to make those sacrifices joyfully. And um, yeah, so we just pray that you'd help us to um, yeah, wrestle these things from the flesh, wrestle these, um, these wants and desires, Lord, even though they, some of them may be good things. So we pray that we just... Um, be submissive to your will. Be submissive to what it is that you want us to give up. Thank you for giving up so much for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.